I'm back in the saddle again. Broadcasting live on Star Worldwide Networks, Sharon Camarillo's fun and fast times. Everybody holds a candle to me, my red high heels. Join National Hall of Famer and author Sharon Camarillo as she inspires, educates, and entertains while exploring the fastest growing equine sport, barrel racing. Get information from top trainers, competitors, and equine educators. Tips on training, competition, hauling, nutrition, and more. And now, live from the beautiful San Joaquin Valley of California, here's your host, Sharon Camarillo. If you are a dreamer, this show is for you. Our show today is dedicated to dreamers of all ages. Those of us who have sat in the spectator seat at an event, say the American or the National Finals Rodeo, and wondered what it would be like to ride in the grand entry, to back in the box, or to run down that alleyway in anticipation of hearing a winning time announced as you race back across the finish line. The journey from spectator to competitor may be a long one. For me, it was nine years from my college championship to my first national finals qualification. The secret is it starts with a dream, a passion. One day at a time, the dream manifests itself into a possibility. Once you set your sights on the goal, the target is created and the journey begins. And I always say, Enjoy the journey because often you don't know how long it will be or what it will produce. It said the hardest part of a journey is the first step. And instead of dreaming, step up to the plate, look for the target and start asking questions or searching your soul to see how things can come to fruition. Our show today will inspire you. It may direct you and perhaps help you turn your dreams into reality. But it takes more than a dream. Here's the big step. It takes action, persistence. It takes sacrifice, courage, mixed together with a little luck. Our conversation today is with an outstanding young cowgirl from the Northwest who has successfully made that journey from spectator to competitor. She's been a student of the Sharon Camarillo program. She's won our classic twice Last year, won first and second, an amazing horsewoman. She started riding at the age of two, competing at the age of eight, New Mexico State University all-around competitor, always honoring her dream of competing on the professional rodeo level. After this word from South Point Casino, we'll be right back with Olivia Train, Columbia River Circuit Rookie of the Year, qualified for the prestigious Ram National Circuit Finals, and this will be our second trip to the American Qualifiers. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sharon Camarillo's Fun and Fast Times. We'll be right back after this. The South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa is legendary for its old-fashioned Las Vegas hospitality. Thank you to owners Michael and Paula Gone, who treat every guest like family. The South Point Equestrian Center and Preferred Pavilion is host to equestrian events of all disciplines, including the headquarters each December for the National Finals Rodeo and the United States Team Roping Finals. Definitely the place to be, not only during the NFR, but throughout the year. 
Make sure to check out the list of top entertainers and activities for the entire family, including bowling alleys, theater, award-winning food, great gaming tables, and loose slots. Make the South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spa your first stop on your next trip to Nevada. This is Sharon Camarillo's Fun and Fast Times. And now, back to Sharon. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Camarillo. It's an honor to introduce our next guest on Fun and Fast Times, Olivia Train, a young, ambitious, beautiful, bright cowgirl with dreams and goals. And I love the fact that her initial goal in 2019 was to fill her professional Women's Rodeo Association permit and qualify for the Columbia River Circuit Finals. She also realized that she had an outside chance to win Rookie of the Year of the Columbia River Circuit. Not only did both of her goals become reality, but she won the circuit finals average qualifying to the prestigious Ram National Circuit Finals in Kissimmee, Florida. It's an honor to watch this girl bloom in an event that she's had a passion for. Uh, Welcome, Olivia Train. What a year you've had. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's been a super exciting year. It's pretty neat when you, like you said, you set a goal and and things start falling into place and you can kind of mark some boxes off. I love that. A nice long checklist of agendas. But I want to ask you, tell me where this phone call finds you today. Uh, I'm in San Antonio, Texas. So I came down here to run in a, a qualifier. Since San Antonio is a limited rodeo, they only let so many card holders in. They opened it up to a qualifier and they took the top 10 and they get to run in the wild card in San Antonio, which is really neat for people like me who haven't won enough money to get into these limited rodeos. So it was really neat to be able to come down here and run in that. Well, I think that's a good point that we need to elaborate on because a lot of our winter rodeos are closed, I believe to the top 50 in many cases. And so this year is really a year that you've got to rack up the standing points so you'll be able to enter next year. Am I right? Yes, yes, that's correct. And then I was actually talking to another gal on our circuit last night, and she said that she got into these rodeos by winning the tour standings. And so that's something that's kind of newer, too. If you enter certain rodeos that are co-sanctioned tour rodeos and you get enough points, they take the top four from the tour standings, and they also get to get into these limited rodeos. It's amazing, Olivia, that entering is certainly one of the complicated parts of professional barrel racing that riders that aren't in the race may not understand. It's complicated and it's a little confusing. I know there's professional enters that help the girls select the route and how to get entered, like a former national finalist competitor, Ann Bates, and I know she's been remarkable in helping a lot of girls in their successful year of competition. But regardless, it takes a team. And and I'm going to get back closer to home. And I know your dad helped you drive down to Texas. And your folks have always been such an important role in everything you do. I want you to talk a little bit about your mother and dad. Yeah, well, I definitely couldn't do any of this without them. And I wouldn't uh, wouldn't have even got started in it without, without my family. So uh, my parents didn't ride or anything. They weren't involved in horses. So my aunt got me involved and the horses originally and then my parents just picked it up and said you know however far I want to try to go they're going to support me any way they can and that's priceless from the PB rodeos to the high school rodeos just driving me up and down the highway and making it work 
it set me up for where I am now. And then just having them, you know, be willing to hop in the rig and drive with me or fly down and watch me. And it just means a lot to have that kind of support back home. You know, not that it avoids uh, challenging times, but it certainly is great to have them celebrate with you when you do so well. I know that it just gives you such a confidence to look up in the grandstands and know they're there when you need them. You know, an important part of your success story is certainly your horse. Off to Streak, you refer to her as Streaker. Tell us a little yeah. bit about her. I've never seen a barrel racer that doesn't love to talk about their horse. <laughs> yes, of course. So I bought her as a three-year-old. I was putting some time on her for Kelly McCormick and Marty Wood, and they decided they wanted to sell her. So they gave me the opportunity to buy her, and she's just been a dream ever since. She's always loved it. She has such a big heart, and she just tries and tries and tries. And I just know every time I, I ask something of her, she's going to give me 110%. So it's just neat to have a horse like that because that's what you need to kind of get to the next level, a horse that loves it as much as you do. You know, you can buy the black type, you can buy the perfect confirmation, get the newest saddle on the market, go to the best trainers. There's that luck factor that enters into the equation because yes. sometimes little horses that may not have the big names that we see on the road today, the Dash to Fame's the Frenchman's guy. I know she's a streak of Dash out of a Behold a Star mare. And yes. I'm not familiar yes. with that breeding. I'm, I'm suggesting it goes back to Streak of Fling. Is that right? He's actually a son of Streak and Six. So I see. Just okay. old school. Yes. And he is a really neat stud. He actually passed away. And it's unfortunate because in the Northwest, in Union, Oregon, at the Pro Rodeo, there was three horses by Streak Dash that placed in that Pro Rodeo. So he produced a lot of really nice rodeo horses and a lot of track horses. I, so, I love the fact that you brought up the name Marty Woods because, you know, those of us who live the lifestyle and love the rodeo industry, Marty Woods recently passed away, but he was three times world's saddle bronc riding champion, three times Canadian Pro Rodeo champion. And I know after some injuries, when he retired several years ago, he dedicated his life to breeding and training good horses. And most of them, his focus was on racing. So you have yes, three yeah. of those Marty Woodbred horses, am I right? I do, yes. They're all three half-sisters, so all out of the same mare, that behold a Beduino mare. And that was a brood mare that they had, and he picked all the studs. He put his own little touch on, on all of them. I, I just feel like if he could put his hands on them and he could just tell if they were going to be good or not, it's pretty neat to be able to have three of them like that that are related, and it means a lot. I have to laugh because, you know, Haley Kinsel just married a world's champion bull rider, Jess Lockhart, and barrel racers are kind of drawn to the rough stock riders and vice versa. I've had many of my rough stock friends through the years come up and tell me how much they enjoyed before the bull riding or after the saddle bronc riding, watch me come down the alleyway that my riding and my horse inspired them. And I love that. So when you run down that alleyway, wherever it is, you just glance to the right and you can almost see Marty Wood standing there rooting for you, can't you? Yeah, I, I just know that... Uh... He was definitely with us at the circuit finals. I could just feel it. He loved Streaker. He always told me that that was his favorite horse. That was his pick. And out of all the horses he'd raised. And so that really means something when he had been around so many great horses. And he saw something in her. And 
that's part of what fuels us. We still want to make him proud and, and help his legacy live on, you know, not only as a rough stock rider, but as a horse breeder. He's touched so many people in so many different parts of the industry. It's, it's neat that she's going out there and doing well and making his predictions come true. Well, you talk about him being inspired by Streaker and seeing something in, in her spirit and ability, but he had to see the same thing in you, Olivia. As a student coming to the clinics, I love and admire your aggressive nature, your thought process, and then to get your mom involved kind of at a later age running barrels. That's, it makes such a team and so much fun. You know, we're dreamers. From the time that I graduated college, it took nine years for me to execute the plan to qualify for my first national finals rodeo. And I have to say the thrill of running down that alleyway in the grand entry behind the California flag with my family amongst, it's one of my truly greatest memories. And you've ridden from a young age. Give us a timeline of your career to date, including your stint at New Mexico State University where you were an all-around champion. Yes. I started out, like you said, pretty young. I went and did the peewee rodeos. I had a pony that I rodeoed on that I, I trained and he was really cool. I did all the events on him and we won a bunch of all around saddles. So I, I really got into the roping because of that. I decided I really loved the all around aspect. I, I wanted to try to win that at the high school level. Um, and so I did, I won the all around there and I made nationals and in hopes of getting a scholarship to go to college. Um, that was always my dream ever since I was a little kid that I wanted to college rodeo and I, I wanted to get paid to do it. So that was the plan. And I ended up getting offers from New Mexico State and UNLV. You know, I grew up on the west coast of Oregon and it rains a lot. So I, I picked New Mexico State. I knew several people that had went there and they really liked the program. And I wanted to go to a university and not a junior college because education has always been really important to me also. After I graduated, I kind of tried to figure out what I wanted to do, and so I started training horses while I was kind of figuring it all out. So I was taking outside horses in and putting them on the barrels and buying and selling horses, and that's actually how I ended up with Streaker. I didn't really have a, you know, a huge plan for her at that point, but it's always been my goal to try to professional rodeo. Um, I just knew that it would take the right horse, and... And so I just tried to keep riding as many colts as I could and looking for that that horse that I felt like could get me to the next goal that I had set for myself, you know, go to the pro rodeos. Um, but I didn't buy my permit until I was 28, which is probably later than a lot of people would have done it. A lot of people start really young and kind of get out there and get experience. But I, I wanted to make sure that I, I could make it count. I didn't necessarily think that I could go for rookie for the whole nation, but but I figured try to make the circuit finals, kind of set some attainable goals. And just like you talked about the entering, you know, just trying to figure that out and just kind of get my feet wet and see where it took us. And it just ended up taking off. And so I could have never predicted that. So it's been a really cool roller coaster ride since that moment. It's interesting how you put that. So many people lose passion. They lose the journey. And, you know, once you target your goal, it seems like the journey is created as long as you stay true to those goals. And it's so easy to deviate. Now, I know along the line, you're a dental hygienist 
And my dad always told Mm -hmm. me that every aspiring cowgirl needed a backup plan just in case that that great horse (laughs) doesn't come along. So, but Uh you've never deviated from the big goal. Yeah, I just tried to set myself up for success. I have a really good friend that lives in Colorado, and she she helps me a lot with my horses, and I send her all my videos, and she just constantly gives me feedback, and she's one of the most positive people that I know, and she always told me, you know, when I get a little discouraged, like, well, my horse isn't at the level I want it to be, or I haven't got that horse yet, and She's like, well, you can always be working towards your goal. You don't ever have to not be taking steps in the right direction. Like just making sure that you have a truck and a trailer and you're financially stable enough to be able to go when you get that horse. Like that's part of the process and part of getting ready for when you do find that opportunity. I think that is the key. I've got so many riders that ask me the question, well, when do you know that you have the horsepower to make a run for the national finals or to even to the American or to your circuit finals? I mean, it seems like you've set short-term, mid-range and long-range goals and things, you're just starting to tie a bow around that. So if somebody asked you, when did you know that it was time to haul streaker, what would your answer be? I think she just started winning more consistently she just kept showing me over and over that she could do it and every time I figured she had reached her peak you know she was running good I didn't think she had any more to give she would just step up again I actually had someone come and look at her to buy her last March after I got back from the American and I never thought I would even think about selling her but training horses and stuff you have to always have an open mind to and the lady didn't end up buying her. And I think that made me realize that number one, she was a really nice horse. And number two, if I was going to own her, I better use her. And so that's when I decided to branch out a little bit and buy my permit and just see how she did. Sometimes you have to just take a little leap of faith and put them in those tougher situations and see if they rise to the occasion. I love that, a leap of faith. We talked about a team, your remarkable streaker, Now let's talk a little bit about how it feels to be on the road, entering pro rodeos, and everyone you go to, you're surrounded by the professional barrel racers, many that you don't know, most that you've read about. That's quite an accomplishment. How does that feel? You know, it was a little intimidating at first. It kind of makes you feel like maybe you're out of place when when these big name people are warming up next to you in the warm-up pen and... So you're kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm here, I'm riding beside these girls that have done all these things that I've looked up to for so long. But I think that the neat thing is when you're around them like that, you realize that they're just people too, and they're just trying to live their dream, and you know they're only human, and it's cool, it's neat, and I think it brings you up as a competitor to surround yourself with people that are better than you. And you're working towards establishing a signature of Olivia Train. You talk about family and horses and choosing your horses and your ups and downs in training. Mentorship is always such an important part of a success story. And it's been noted that Amberly Moore, four times national finals qualifier and Columbia River champion, has taken you under her wing. How do you feel to have earned such respect and mentorship from one of the top professionals in the world? I think it's really neat that somebody of her caliber 
will take the time to answer questions that I have. And I got to know her quite a bit better at the circuit finals. She gave me some advice about going down to Florida. And it's just priceless, the knowledge that she has developed over these four years that she's been professional rodeoing. And, and her journey was so neat and sudden. You know, she got that horse and it took off. And, and just being able to pick her brain about the right and the wrong choices she made and maybe what she would or wouldn't do again. It's, you know, like I said, priceless. We're going to take a break quickly. We'll be right back. But I'm going to ask Olivia what advice that she might have for aspiring cowgirls who are looking forward to perhaps buying their permit. Stay with us. We'll be right back with Olivia Train. You're listening to Sharon Camarillo's Fun and Fast Times. We'll be right back after this. The Barrel Racing Superstore is your one-stop shop, and we're here to help you. We have Rainsman bits, including Sharon's entire collection and those hard-to-find discontinued favorites that we're committed to keeping in stock. You can build the saddle of your dreams with our experts, including seat size, tooling, and colors, so you can have a truly custom saddle. If you need electronic timers for your arena or association, we have them. Call us at 530-521-4644 or go to BarrelRacingSuperstore.com. We're here for your success. This is Sharon Camarillo's Fun and Fast Times. And now, back to Sharon. Welcome back. And we're here with Olivia Train. I'm Sharon Camarillo. And I'm going to ask Olivia a big old question. What advice can you give cowgirls who might be thinking that it's time for them to buy their permit to compete on the professional level? I think the best advice I could give would be to find someone to go with to the rodeos that have went before because they can help you with the entering. Chances are they've been to those rodeos before. They can tell you what performances are best to get up in. And also when you enter on your permit, you don't get as good of preferences as someone who has a card. So if you can buddy with someone that has a card, they can help you out tremendously in that aspect. Isn't that huge, Olivia? Just getting yeah. your horse trained, like we said earlier, your saddle, your shoers, your so team of veterinarians, <laughs> uh, you know, support, mentorship. Yeah. And then it's not just about running down that alleyway and getting a first, good first, second, third, and fourth barrel. Stop. <laughs> yeah, whatever. hopefully there's not a fourth barrel, <laughs> but you never know. <laughs> All the extracurricular, keeping your trucks in working order. Uh, Donna Irvin is, as you know, one of our co-instructors at the Team Camarillo clinics. She wanted me to ask you, she said, it's a long road from Oregon to Florida. How do you keep your horses sound, healthy, and in peak performance with all the rodeos along the way that you'll be entering? That's a tough question. It's hard on them. Even just getting down here to Texas, I can tell they're tired. So I'm going to stay here. That way it's not a long trip for them. It's about 16 hours to Florida. But when I travel, I try to plan out where I'm going to stop and try to make sure that they can be turned out so they can lay down and rest when I do stop and making sure they're on a good stomach medication. You know, I like to use total health enhancement, gastro plus, and that kind of coats their guts and keeps them eating and drinking really good on the road. And just trying to find someone that can do some body work on them with an AccuScope and a MyoPulse machine, I think that makes a huge difference in keeping them at their peak when they're spending so many hours and miles going down the road. All good points. You said last year you'd qualified for the American semifinals and you didn't give yourself a lot of time to get acclimated to Texas. So you learned some lessons from that decision. 
Yes, yes. We we scooted in and I ran and I think it was definitely hard on my horse to adjust. The ground is a lot different down here. The weather and the setup, it's a blind tunnel and we don't have many tunnels up in the northwest. You know, we're more outside and everyone's down here running in these buildings all winter. I think coming down a little earlier this year is going to give her some time to rest. And I can run her in that arena several times before the semis. So she's going to be locked on running down that tunnel. She's going to know where she's going. So I'm glad that I was able to take a little more time and try to set her up for success this time around, hopefully. That's what we call getting a home court advantage, isn't it, cowgirl? Yes, yes. And if you can do it, <laughs> you, you better be doing it because someone's doing it. <laughs> you know, somebody's got to get that qualification, and it certainly might as well be you and Streaker. Uh, so where does Olivia Train go from here? Talk to me about uh, what's coming up in the next two months, and uh, and then what? Well, I don't – I mean, I'm just kind of living in the moment right now. We qualified for the American Semi, so we'll run at that, and then we're headed to Florida – and my whole year, basically this year, has just kind of been, if you win, then we're going to keep going. And I didn't know how many rodeos I was going to enter this first year, but it just kept working out and I kept going. And so that's kind of my plan right now. Just keep entering. And if it keeps working out and it feels like it's right, then we'll keep going. And hopefully Florida goes well. If it does, then, then that'll probably influence how hard I want to go next year and what my plan is with that. You certainly stayed true to your dreams, and I admire that because sometimes life gets in the way, and it just, you know, it's like when you set your path from Oregon to Florida, you know the highways to take, and if you deviate from those, you're off your path. But I re- yes. I just can't tell you, Olivia, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your inspiration and the example that you show, your education, and most important, for being a living example that our cowgirl dreams can come true. We're going to be closing out with your theme song, which I think it really wraps this whole show together. So I'm going to enjoy listening to that. Any closing statements you want to leave us with? I just want to say thank you for the opportunity. I've had a great time talking to you guys, and I, I really draw a lot of inspiration hearing you know, from other people's experience. So I hope that people can learn something from the path that I've taken and from mentors like you. So so thanks for, for all of that. Well, you're dear. I love short-term, mid-range, and long-term goals. I love the fact that you put some paper in your pocket in case you need to go back to work and you know what? Ironically, for whatever reason, I've never had to really use my college education. I've gotten to live the lifestyle for all these years, and I wish the best for you, whatever it is you choose. Thank you. A very, very special thank you to Olivia Train for interrupting her day and her program to join us here on Fun and Fast Times and to share her inspiring story. I really want to thank our production staff, Debbie Wood Matthews and Rob Trigg, to our sponsors who help us bring Fun and Fast Times to uh, iTunes, South Point Hotel and Casino. A shout out to Wrangler, 
I love the new willow jeans. To Montana Silversmith, and a big thank you for the fantastic buckles and awards that they provide for our classic barrel racing competitions. MVP for the great supplements that they produce to help keep our horses sound and on the road. Flare Equine Nasal Strips for helping us to increase our performance. And especially to Debbie Wood at the Barrel Racing Superstore, she offers personal advice for any of your barrel racing needs. Don't forget to call her when you're in the market for tack equipment, saddles, and even some fun clothes. I want to say thank you, too, to Dave Pratt Star Worldwide Network and especially to each of you for joining us. Please check us out on Team Camarillo and SharonCamarillo.com. We'll see you on Facebook. And from our team to yours, we appreciate you. Thanks for joining Sharon today. If you have any questions or comments, you can always reach out to Sharon at SharonCamarillo.com or email RafterCProductions at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on Fun and Fast Times with Sharon Camarillo on the Better Horses Network, part of Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Networks. I